Luke chapter 1. How many of you believe that this is the breeding ground of the Holy Spirit? How many of you realize that unless there's people in this building, God has no purpose in being here? God is not really interested in how much money you've spent on the building and how expensive the pews are. He's got no interest in that. That is just what we do to make ourselves more comfortable. But you are the landscape that God is interested in. How many of you realize you need a bulldozer to change the landscape? Come on. Before you can build a lot of houses in a new area, you need some bulldozers to redo the landscape. And the Holy Spirit is like a bulldozer redoing the landscape of the church all over the globe. Now, in Luke chapter 1, you will find out that there's an angel that showed up here. And I'm not going to prove to you that the ministry of angels still exists because it does. But here is an angel that showed up, and he made two announcements about two pregnancies. And we're going to cover all of it in the next three hours. So you really got my humor. I hope you can understand the rest that's coming. So what happened here is he made two announcements about two pregnancies, and, um, and then he went to Mary, which was the second one, and, uh, and Mary said to the angel of verse 34, How can this be since I do not know a man? You see, the moment God announced something and everybody understands it, it's most probably not God. You didn't get that one. The problem with the modern day church is unless we understand everything, we believe it's not God. In the meantime, God can do so much that we will never understand and it's all God. And uh, because Mary just said, you announced that I will have a son and I don't even have a husband. But you know, that's what Gabriel said to her. And then the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. uh, And you will call him the son of God. And then in verse 36, now indeed Elizabeth, this is what the angel told Mary, Elizabeth, your relative. So what he's saying to Mary is, If you don't believe what I'm telling you, one of your relatives, somebody in your family is already pregnant. And then he said to her, her name is Elizabeth. So immediately when she thought about Elizabeth, she thought about an older woman. So now she's really uh, confused maybe because the angel said she's going to be pregnant without a man. And the angel just said that, Elizabeth is already pregnant, and she's old. But God is trying to give her evidence that her own miracle is about to happen. And, uh, and then the angel said to her that Elizabeth is already in her sixth month of being pregnant. And then the angel made the statement of verse 37, and he said, For with God, nothing will be impossible. The angel here is Gabriel. He just arrived from the throne room. He just arrived at the landscape of humanity. He doesn't think humanity. He doesn't think normal. Although he thinks heavenly normal but earthly abnormal. And he made a statement, and immediately he said to her, Mary, for with God, Mary, you must understand where I just came from. I just left the throne room of God, and I traveled faster than the speed of light. And where I come from, Mary, we do not know the word impossible. I mean, Mary, excuse me if I tell you something that you don't understand, but where I come from, we don't un- you don't understand us and we don't understand you, but, but I'm here to tell you what he, God, told me. And where I come from, if you use the word impossible, nobody will have a clue what you're talking about. 
So he said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. You see, I can preach to you a word that makes sense, but it's not God. Or I can preach to you God that doesn't make sense, but it's God. That's why God said, your mind must be renewed. Because if your mind is not renewed, Romans, come on, you will never understand God. Come on, church. I'm coming from Africa. I'm not from America. I'm not going to preach to you the thing that makes sense. I'm going to preach to you God. So I want to talk to you this, this morning about the landscape of the impossible. Come on. How many of you are tired of the possible? I mean, just tired of always operating within something that makes sense. I don't like to preach a gospel that makes sense. I want to preach a gospel that is beyond man's understanding. Come on. It comes from heaven. So the angel made that statement. Now let's go back and let's cover the whole thing. In verse 5, the Bible gives us a background of how this all started. He says there, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest with the name of Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. They were assembly to God members, but they had no child. I mean, come on. They must be assemblies of God because they are righteous. They go to church. But they have no child. Now watch this. The Bible gives us a description of the status of their life. You came into this building this morning and you have a status, a condition. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Advanced is another word for old. The Bible says they were well advanced. That means they were pretty old. Come on. Any old people here? You're in trouble. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside. Uh, verse 8. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, the lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple, and the whole multitude of people was praying outside the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. For approximately 400 years, nothing happened at the temple. I can preach a whole week on that. For 400 years, more or less, nothing happened at the temple. Business as usual. Three fast songs, two slow ones, offering, 20-minute sermon, and everybody go home. But this Sunday, all of a sudden, an angel showed up, did not warn Zechariah, and he said, Hey, Zechariah, your prayer has been answered. You will have a son, and you will call him John. Just like that. Sounds like God. Showed up after 400 years, break the silence, and watch this. He answered an ancient prayer. Your prayer has been answered. What prayer? You will have a son. Son? I'm old. You see, church, God is never late because God is not bound by your seasons. I don't want to preach about seasons because I can go down seasons here, but I don't want to do seasons this morning. But you see, church, God answered a prayer that most probably he prayed in his 20s. That's when you ask for babies. How many of you realize that? Come on. 
Some of you forgot to pray that in your 20s and then you pray that in your 30s. And you pray that God will really hurry up, but you don't ask for that in your 40s anymore. Come on. But here God shows up and God answers an ancient prayer. Everybody say ancient prayer. Church, we're living in a day where God is going to answer prayers that most of us think is in a museum somewhere. God says, watch me what I'm going to do. I'm going to answer prayers late. Just because I don't like to do it on time. And God says, if I answer the prayer late, I will adjust your body to come on, somebody. Don't let me preach about how God is going to adjust your seasons. Are you here for a move of God this week, or what are you here for? Somebody say, he's going to mess with my seasons. Let's make it more personal. Let's say, he's going to mess with my body. Watch out what you say. Okay. And then God said, and you will call him John. I wish I can prophesy to the whole America one time. I wish I can preach to all the pastors one time. God said, you will call him John. I can preach on that for a week. You will birth another church, but you will not call him a of God. You will build another church, but you will not do it the way you've done it here. Come on, the first thing God said to him is, I want you to bear, bring forth a son, but I don't want you to call him Zechariah number two. Can you see what I'm saying? You see, we're living in a day that everything we do, we do according to what we knew how to do it yesterday. God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to use you, but I'm not going to allow you to put yesterday's stamp on it. I want a new thing. Okay. It's going to get good in here this week. This church is ready. 14, 15, 16, 17. Now, that's all the verses. You can read those verses all by your own time because you don't want to, you want to go home by 12 o'clock. I cannot preach about those verses. But in those verses, you will see that God gave Zechariah a detailed description of what John will look like. You see, God is planning something, and he already knows ahead of time what it's going to look like. That's God. And then he's going to use you who doesn't look good according to you to bring forth something that's going to look like God. You see, God sometimes waits until you are weak and out of control and you look like advanced. And then God says, I'm going to do a new thing through you. That's why he made Sarah pregnant when she was 90 years old. Her husband was 100 years old. Think about it. That's God. Verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife well advanced in years. He calls himself old. He calls her advanced. He's very kind. <laughs> he knows how to treat a woman. Why does he make that statement? He received a word from the word from the world of the impossible, and immediately he looked at his own status, his own status, his own condition, his own season, and he thinks, "Come on, he's he's pretty human. He knows. Okay, to get this boy, God will need me and my wife. How many of you realize you cannot have a baby without a wife? Come on, you men." Come on, you know how it works. Don't, don't be holy now. God made it that way. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. But you know what? He tried to figure out how can this work. Now watch this. And uh, the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. And uh, behold, you will be mute, and you will not be able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Now, I don't want to go too deep here. Long story short, now God zipped his lips. 
Now he cannot speak. God zipped the lips of a righteous man that could not agree with God. Can I tell you something, church? What God is going to do in the end time is so powerful that most righteous people will rather have to be zipped because they are simply not ready for what God is about to do. He's an incredible God. We don't really know him, but we're about to see him on the face of the earth. He's going to perform miracles that most of you will not believe until you see it. If I tell it to you, you will not believe it. That's what God said. You know why? God had to shut his lips because you must understand, church, God is bringing John on the scene because God already had Jesus in mind. John was the trumpet, the one that will announce Christ. It's not everybody that could announce Christ. I want to I preach about that in the near future. Who are the announcers of Christ? It's not everybody that knows how to announce him. True announcers of Christ will never take any glory away from Christ. So God had to bring a John on the scene in order to announce Christ. That's a different message. But now God said, I better shut his mouth. Now watch this. The angel go to Mary. But before the angel go to Mary, in the meantime, everybody say in the meantime. In the meantime. Can I tell you what happened in the meantime? It's not in the word, but it's in the word. But it, it's not recorded. But it must have happened. I know some of you wonder what's going on. Can I tell you what happened? Zechariah, an old man, went home. Elizabeth was not at the temple. Do you know how difficult it is when you go home and you need to tell your wife about the conference you had and what God said? How many of you realize if your partner was not in the same meeting, it's difficult to explain. Now what's this? This old man is now zipped. And now he needs to tell that old woman, advanced woman, it's going to happen. It, it did not happen. They never had children, but they need to try one more time. Okay. Okay. The penny dropped. You got it. Come on, church. We're talking about heaven invading the land of the possible. The land of the impossible. Come on. How many of you believe that God can invade your land, invade your life, and do the impossible? And what is the purpose of coming to a meeting where we only have church as far as we can understand? I mean, I don't want to serve a God that makes sense. I don't want to serve this. Go to India. You will serve everything you can find there and call this God. This is not God. I want to serve a God who can create out of nothing. That's the God that you serve. If this is not the God that this church serves, why do you have meetings? This is not a club. This is a place where we serve the living God. So he went home and he found Elizabeth at her house. And he said, I mean, he needed to talk to her now about what happened at the temple. How many of you realize he had to tell her somehow... Praying, praying. I, I cannot do deaf and language, but praying. How many of you know what's that? That's the angel. That's the angel. That's not flying. That's the angel. But angels do fly. Okay. So you're right. Angel spoke. Me, the, you. What does this mean? We need to get together. That's what Pastor said. He's got revelation. 
I'm so glad I was not in that house. It's difficult to explain to a woman 20 years outside of her season, 30 years outside of her season, it's going to happen. It couldn't happen when she had the body forward. Now it's going to happen with her, with her body completely out of, I mean, what, out of whatever. I mean, but you see, that's God. God waits until everything is out of control, and then he comes in and he says, how about a miracle? But now, watch this. Now he went to Mary, and he announced to Mary, Jesus. Same thing, same strategy. You will have a son. You will call him Jesus. But what he said to Mary is, Mary said, I don't have a husband. You see the human brain. The human mind jumps back. How, how do we do this? How do we, how do we do children? Okay, children are... Oh, Husband, wife, you need, oh, that's how you do children. God says, can I announce something and just break the law? Come on. Can I just just go outside your thinking? God says, you will have a son. The Holy Spirit will come over you. You will call him Jesus. You see, church, heaven had a desire for something new. And I feel in my spirit, heaven has another fresh desire for something new on the face of the earth where we will see miracles that we have not seen for hundreds of years. And when God does it, He will not ask anybody's permission. I'm so glad about that. You know what I like about God? He does not work with a committee. And he does not need a majority vote to do something. I'm so glad that when I prophesy to somebody, I don't need to get anybody's majority vote whether I can prophesy or not. Aren't you glad? Amen. Okay. Now watch this. Then Mary said in verse 38, Behold, your maidservant, uh, your maidservant of the Lord, let it be to, uh, to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and immediately text Elizabeth on her blackberry to find out whether she's pregnant. I mean, I had to give you the 2012 version in America because you are so blackberry iPhone possessed. Come on, church. <laughs> you know, this is just a woman thing. I mean, it, uh, you cannot tell Mary she's going to be pregnant without a man and then tell her that Elizabeth, her relative, is already... You, you cannot expect Mary not to run over to Elizabeth. That's a woman thing. Once the one is pregnant, they have a pregnant tea party club thing coming together. You see, church, but I want to I focus on something else. It says there, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. Everybody say, with haste. With haste. Why did it say with haste? Haste means she was in a hurry. Is that correct? She was in a hurry. You see, church, the hurry, the haste, The passion, the zeal is gone in the church. We don't have hurry anymore in the church. People go to church, but if they are delayed or if they are derailed, that's fine. Uh, We'll just go tonight. We'll just skip this morning. I I mean, you know, I don't even, even go tonight. I can go tomorrow night. I mean, if I just catch one of these four meetings this week, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I mean, brother, you know what? I have no haste. I mean, I have no passion. I mean, I'm not in a hurry. I mean, tomorrow is another day. But when the Holy Ghost do something in you and the Holy Ghost do something in you and the Holy Ghost do something in me, and it's really the Holy Ghost, we have a passion. We have a hurry. We have a haste to come together and say, what is going on? I heard you are practicing. 
pregnant. I am pregnant. God told me you are pregnant. And I, come on. God needs to ignite a fire in the globe where Africa will run to America and America will run to Europe and Europe will go to China and China will go to Russia and Russia will go to another person in South America and say, hey, what is God doing? There's something happened in the globe and there's something new in the church. It must be the Holy Ghost that's orchestrating this thing. Can you see what happens? God announced something, and now the angel is gone, and there you have Mary on the back of a donkey, and she's on her way to Elizabeth. Why? Because the Holy Ghost invaded the landscape of humanity, and now humanity is all over the place. Come on. Now, she entered the house of Zechariah. It's the house of Zechariah, but, you know, he cannot speak. Can you imagine Zechariah being zipped and after three months he saw, oh my goodness, my old woman is getting bigger. Four months, five months, oh my goodness. And I think, I think Elizabeth said to him, hey, old man, come here, put your hand there. And I think Zechariah put his hand on the stomach of Elizabeth and he felt the kick of that boy, but he's zipped. He felt the power of God. He felt the word has become reality, but he cannot testify. He cannot rejoice. He cannot sing a song. Come on. Do you know how terrible it is when you see what you did not believe, but now you cannot react because you did not believe? I'm not talking about people in this church. I'm talking about people in other churches. I mean, I mean, this church will never be like that. Turn to somebody and say, that's not really for us. So he entered the house of Zechariah. Now watch this. And she greeted Elizabeth. She greeted Elizabeth. Mary greeted Elizabeth. And it happened, now watch this, immediately the Holy Ghost, the, the, the magnifying glass of the Holy Spirit moves towards John that's in Elizabeth. She greeted Elizabeth, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Mary came into the house. Zechariah was standing there somewhere in the corner. God said it was his house. God honored the fact that he had the title deed to the house. That's all he had. He had the title deed to the house, but he didn't believe. So he's still zipped. See, God could not allow him to say something negative against John because God realized one negative word can derail and delay my plan. So God said, I'd rather shut a righteous man's mouth and make sure I'm going to do kingdom business the way I want to do it. And I will not allow another righteous religious church to stop me from what I plan to do. Greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard what Mary said, John in her, that is now six months in the developing stages, Heard the voice of Mary, and John leaped. Ooh, and 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 I think I I I, I think Mary, uh, uh, Elizabeth said to Mary, ah, "Don't say that again. Don't 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 show. Don't 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 say anything." John, six months in the developing stages, was so strong in the spirit. That he already identified, that's the woman who will carry the one that I will announce. That's the woman that I am connected to. Come on, church. Can you imagine when a child is six months in the developing stages and they are that sensitive to another woman's voice, how dangerous it is to do an abortion on somebody that's supposed to announce the glory of God. Something in you. I was not scheduled to be in this church. Do you know that? I had this man's name on my list. 
I was in South Africa a few weeks ago. And I had a cancellation. We had to move a date, and I couldn't do anything. And I went to my laptop, and I said, Lord, what shall I do? And I just saw a name of another pastor in Pennsylvania, and I said, I'm just going to text him. Say, do you know where I can go? I've got this date open. I cannot call anybody. I'm in Africa. And he texts me back. I just spoke to this man, and he said, you should call him. I gave him one call. He says, come. Must be the Holy Ghost. I never call from Africa to arrange meetings. I'm fully booked for this year. Would not have been here. But God had a plan with this church. I had to speak to you this morning because God is saying to this church, get ready for something that you thought God completely forgot about. God's going to answer your ancient prayers. Thank you for your excitement really overwhelming puts me back (sighs) come on some of you still checking me out you know that's a problem when you go to a new church they check you out while we want to see who he is well I am filled with the Holy Ghost I am washed in the blood of Jesus I believe in God the Father God the Son and the Holy Ghost does that satisfy you The silence breaker has come in your way. The silence breaker is going to announce something over you and he will not warn you. You had a season of silence in your life for a long time. 400 years is a long time. You've been sick for a long time. You've been depressed for a long time. You're in that condition for a long time. God says, I'm going to break the silence. And I will not do it your way. You know, Frank Sinatra sang a song, I did it my way. God says, I will never allow you to do anything your way again. It's my turn. Are you with me? Okay, thank you. So, now watch this. Now these two women talk, and I think Mary said to Elizabeth, Hey, Elizabeth. Wow, Elizabeth. You are six months pregnant. Wow, Elizabeth. Do you know, who told you you're going to be pregnant? Oh, my husband came from a conference. My husband was in one of those weird meetings where there was a guy with a different accent, and uh, we've never heard such an accent in our whole life, and he prophesied over me, and I thought he was nuts, but I'm telling you, it worked. I think Mary said to her, well... I'm here because that same angel that spoke to you said to me, I will be pregnant without a man. Elizabeth said, you better believe him. You better believe him. Because what he did to me has something to do with you, Mary. Mary, I think these two boys are connected. Come on, church. God is doing a thing that's connected all over the globe. Where the churches love it, like it, approve it, they have no say. The church does not belong to this man. The church does not belong to me. The church does not belong to the head office of the Assemblies of God. The church belongs to God. It's his church. You don't have a church. He has a church. Come on. Can I preach a little bit more? You want to go home now? Jesus. Verse 59. Let's go to verse 59. I'll skip a lot of verses so that we can save time. You didn't get that. I mean, you can preach an hour out of one verse. What will the Albany skip any verses? 59. And so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. They came. They, who are they? They, that's a lot of people that's coming. They came. Great revelation. They came. They came to do what? They came to circumcise the child. They. The group. The group pressure. The people that think they can orchestrate and rule everything. 
in the church, they. There's always a they club. Not in this church. I'm talking about other churches. You have all, there's always the they, they, T-H-E-Y. And they came to circumcise a child, and they, and they, and they would have called, would have called. They, yeah, they would have. They would have. <laughs> yeah, we, we know their agenda. We know how they think. Uh, they are typical, typical, whatever you want to put in there, you know. They would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. Oh, yeah, of course we need to call him Zechariah. I mean, it is the son of Zechariah, so he must be Zechariah. Number two, I mean, we must honor tradition. I mean, come on, tradition is holy. We must honor tradition. You probably know by now that I'm not very traditional in my thinking because tradition holds God back. Religion holds God back. He's so new, he can do something new all the time. Why do you want to put him in the the box of something that looked like yesterday? So they would have called him Zechariah. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. I love it. When a woman of God can say, we will not honor history. We will not honor my husband's name. We will honor no man. We will honor God. I love it. So she said no. She was a single voice against the majority. How many of you realize the majority is not always God? That's, you see, in the world we believe in the democratic vote. You can all vote for the same thing and be wrong. We need to get theocracy back. Theocracy is God's voice. Thus says the Lord. Wait, 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 God. You cannot just say things here. Before you say it, submit it to the committee. If God had to submit his abilities to a committee, I wonder what he would have created in the beginning. If a committee had to approve the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxies, the committee would still have been in process trying to figure out how will this work, God? How we, where will we get the money from to create heavens and moon and galaxies? God says, ah, that's why I cannot operate with a committee because I'm God. Before the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the earth even existed, I have been there. I'm God. I can prophesy. And that's why the prophetic ministry is coming back in the church. Where God will speak health and healing and miracles and signs and wonders without the approval of your doctor. He's God. Come on, somebody. Are you willing that he invade the landscape? He's got mighty bulldozers that comes in and redo everything in your life. God can give you something. Come on. You say, well, I have the sickness, and my mother had the sickness, and my mother's mother had the sickness, and my mother's mother's mother had the sickness, and this is a bloodline curse, and, 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 and you must understand, Brother Andre, it must be a God thing because this is, I mean, it's four generations old. <laughs> really? I remember a man in Texas. He had tremors. Went like this the whole service. Sitting there, tremors. Said, hey, what's going on? He's a missionary, AG, AG missionary into Mexico. Tremors. He said, well, my father had it, and my father's father had it. It's now almost 150 years in our family. That night he came out. I did not even pray for him. He fell on the floor, stood up. Half an hour later, tremors gone. Till this day. What happened? God said, let me come in. I'll show you what I do with generation curses. I break it. Come on, church. I I, I mean, don't get excited. It's not that powerful. 
I mean, don't clap hands now. It's too late. Come on, church. I mean, it's just tremors. I mean, it's just somebody that could not hold a glass. Just somebody that couldn't sleep in the same bed with his wife anymore because everybody's, everything is shaking the whole night. I mean, I, I mean, it's not that, I mean, it's not that intense. I mean, it's it, it just, it just, it just a body shaking all the time, completely out of control, cannot hold a, a, a glass of water. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, that's not big for America, but it's big for me. It's major. When God breaks a curse, that's 150 years old. That's my God. Is that the same God that you serve? I think so. I feel him. Can I do more preaching? Turn back your watches. It's, just turn it back. And they said to her, verse 61, There is no one amongst your relatives who is called by this name. And they, 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 they said to her, the they, the group, the group pressure. Well, ma'am, there's no one in your family that's called by this name. I mean, can you just tell us, where did you get this name from? I mean, who on the earth gave you this name? John. I mean, your, your, your husband's name is Zachariah. I mean, goodness. And by the way, how did this happen? I mean, you guys are well advanced, man. You guys are old. I mean, uh, we will not even ask you more questions about how it happened. But now that your child is here, can we help you to control this birth? I mean, can we help you to put a name on this thing? I mean, we, I mean, we have group experience. We know how to put names on things. I'm not talking to people in this church. Definitely not. I'm just here to report to you how bad it is out there in the church world. I mean, you are not a bad, you're a great church. That's why God brought me here. <laughs> okay, now watch this. So now they couldn't get what they want. Now watch this. And they made signs, they made signs to, to, to his father uh, uh, and, and signs. Why does, because they, they realize, oh my goodness, what's wrong with him? And somebody said to them, he cannot talk. What happened? Well, he argued with God about this pregnancy and he did not believe in God zipped his lips. So when they want to talk to Zechariah, Zechariah said, bring... Bring me a writing tablet. It is written. Oh, did, did Satan not come to Jesus and said, Well, if you're the Son of God, and what did Jesus say? Satan, it is written. Satan, it is written. You see, church, when you quote me what I've said, when you say what I've said, you can make a mistake. But when I write down what I've said, what I intend to say, and you take my writing, there's no mistakes. It is written. So they brought him a tablet. He cannot speak. And the group is there and everybody's there. And they realize this man has authority over his house. He will not agree with that woman. Amen. That woman. You know, Eve. Amen. Adam and Eve story. Don't agree with Eve. Amen. What does she really know? Sometimes woman has more guts to stand up in the face of the majority and say, I'm sorry. I'm going to run after God. I'm going to believe what He told me. If you don't understand it, it's not my fault. So now they've got the man, Zechariah, and he's going to write. Now, I've got a question. Do you think Zechariah will disagree with God a second time? I mean, for nine months, nine months, listen to this. For nine months, he cannot speak. For nine months, he saw how her body develop and carry a child. He saw how Mary greeted his wife, and he saw how John jumped in his wife. And he realized, he saw the manifestation. He saw the movement of the Holy Ghost. And he realized, Lord, I'm so sorry. I am righteous. I was at the temple. But I could not understand what you're about to do. 
God, I'm a sinner. Say, God, I pay my tithe. I'm a righteous man. I'm even filled with the Holy Ghost. But God, I have become so religious in my thinking. And for nine months, I see the glory of God. I wish I can agree. I wish I can rejoice. I wish I can sing a song. I wish I can compliment my wife. I wish I can say to her, you look beautiful even being pregnant. I wish I can rejoice and just celebrate with her. God, God, now they want to put pressure on me to say what they want me to say. God, I know they want me to say this. God, I know they want me to prophesy this way. Come on, church. God, I know they want me to preach this way. I know they want me to do church this way. I know they want me to don't allow the Holy Ghost to have freedom in our meetings. I know that's what they want. I know they don't want me to talk about the blood of Jesus. I know they don't want me to be loud when I preach the gospel of Jesus. No, I know they want me to be seeker-sensitive. I know, that, I know that's what they want. They want me to shut down. They want me to be calmed down. They want me to cut the Holy Ghost out of the Constitution because we don't want Him. I know that's what they want. But God, I will not agree with Him again. I will never agree with the majority again. I will never go the religious way again. Never, never, God, I promise you. God, I will put it in writing. He, there's a problem in America. There's a problem in the church worldwide. They hate the Holy Ghost. They don't want him. They write him out of the constitutions. He's not welcome in the meetings because we want to build mega churches with a lot of money. No Holy Ghost. I will not agree with them. I will not agree with them. I will not. I prophesy to you, church. I could rather have less bookings. I could rather go back to Africa and preach to the poor. The they is there. And Zechariah took the tablet. He is John. The moment he learned to agree with heaven, his speech came back. I want to prophesy. These miracles, certain churches in America will never, ever see until they learn to agree with God. And when his speech came back, you know what they said? What kind of son will this be? Son means ministry. Boy, what kind of ministry will this be? Yes, sir. Good question. You've got no clue who this little John is. He's six months older than the one... Because Mary got pregnant the day that the angel spoke to her. He's six months older than Jesus. And you will find out he was the announcer of Christ, and I will not even go there. Yes, I'm prophesying. Yes, I know this is my authority. Yes, I know this is the hour. Yes, I know why God has brought me to this nation. I'm here to say to America, God will stir something new. It's His church. And He can show up when He wants to show up. And He can answer prayers 
that most of you completely forgot about. He's God. Nothing will be impossible with God. He is John. You've come to this meeting this morning. You look at your landscape. You look at your life. You make peace with your life. You said this is the way it is. I'm old. I'm advanced. I've missed certain seasons. Could have, would have, should have. He made a terrible mistake. He's God. He's not threatened by your landscape. He's not afraid of your condition. He's not afraid of bloodline curses. He comes from a world where they don't use the word impossible. If you use that word in heaven, you will be completely outdated. You will be looked upon as if you are a foreigner because that word does not exist in heaven. If you say this morning, Lord, Holy Spirit, I give you my life. I come to you just as I am. I've missed my seasons. And I'm not only referring to pregnancy in the natural. I'm referring to seasons, all kinds of seasons. Well, Brother Andre, I could have had this job 10 years ago, and this job would have put me in the right place for my retirement, but now I've missed that job 10 years. I'm 10 years, 10 years on the wrong side of that job that I should have forget about, should have, would have. God says, you think I cannot supply late? You, th you think I cannot break the financial silence in your life? Come on, church. If you say this morning, God... I know you're going to answer ancient prayers that I forgot about. I wish I could tell you more stories out of my own life. It'll blow your mind. But I'm not going to do that. If you believe God is never late but on time, and He can do the impossible in your life, whatever that may mean, stand up, come to the altar, and say, I believe. Come a little bit closer. There's more people that want to come in. I'm not here to present to you myself as super holy, and I'm not here to tell you how great I am. None of that. I'm not here to tell you what's going to happen now. I made an invitation. I have prophesied to you, and I want to say to you, It's time that we get it in writing. We are, we are a church of confessions. We can quote the scriptures in Greek and Hebrew. We are quick to confess. God says it's about time that you put your belief in writing. Turn, close your eyes. Can I get some keyboards here, just gentle, very gentle? You have strings or something that's whatever. I'm not going to prophesy to anybody. I'm not going to lay my hands on anybody. This is our first meeting. But I want to say to every mom and every dad and every child, I don't care what the landscape of your life look like. I have just spoken the word of God 
And all I want to say to you is I'm not here to do a Brownsville revival or a Toronto revival or a South African revival. I'm not here for that. I have no prescribed idea in my mind what must happen this week. That's not the way I operate. I've never been to Brownsville. Could have, but never went. Never felt to go. Because I realized God can do so many things so many times over and over. And it all looks different than the previous. Come on, somebody. If you believe the reason you're alive is because God is about to do something. Why will God keep you alive if there's no purpose in it? I'm 60 years old. I believe God has kept me alive. In the last six months, a lot of things happened that indicate that the bigger is now coming. You need to believe that you are where you are because God has you in store for something greater. <clears throat> Close your eyes. <clears throat> Pray after me. Say, Lord, I love you. I serve you. I'm at the building. Say, I'm at the building which they call the house of God. I'm not perfect, but I'm righteous because you, your blood, made me righteous. But God, my mind is still not renewed. If you show up big time, I will probably have no idea and I will probably not believe. Forgive me. Don't zip my lips. But God, I give you my life. Do the impossible. Now the impossible in your life differ from the impossible in somebody else's life. And I want you now, in your own time, Mention to him the things that is on your agenda as the impossible. Maybe your impossible, your impossibility sounds like nothing to me. But maybe my impossibility sounds like nothing to you. Come on. Raise your hands. And I want you to mention to God what you believe God needs to do for you today. Not tonight. Today. Pray this prayer. Say, I believe God is going to mess with my seasons. Say, I believe things will start to happen that I did not even expect. What I came for is not what's going to happen, something bigger is going to happen that I never thought of. Say, I am Zechariah. I have a prescribed idea of what I will do at the temple. But I will go home with a different idea of what's coming. Come on, how many of you believe that? How many of you really believe that? Can you honestly say, come on church, I don't say that you came for the wrong reason. We all came with good intentions. But church, hear the word of the Lord. And if you miss this, you've missed something great. This is a word from God. God says, I want to send you home. Expecting something you never thought when you came. When Zechariah went home, he said to Elizabeth, Elizabeth, you have an idea what I'm going to do at the temple, but I'm here to tell you, you will have a son. Let me say this. 
When God spoke to Zechariah at the temple, God influenced a woman's life that was not even with him. God said, your family is already influenced by this word. Come on. Somebody say, this meeting, say this meeting will touch my family. Say, I have issues, challenges, difficulties in faraway places that will be changed because of what I heard. You must understand when God released a word, God, the word can never return void. You should not have come to this meeting because now that you've heard it, it's out of my mouth. It, you've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. It will influence your life. Give God praise. Give me praise. Give me radical praise. Come on, give God praise. Somebody say, my family, my children, my sons and daughters, my aunts and uncles, my whole family tree. Come on, say my whole family tree. Ugh. Don't say it like somebody that doesn't believe. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Help me here.